Wild women, welcome. This is the Femme Podcast. If you're new around here, I'm Jack, one half of the Femme Duo. Before you dive into today's episode, I want to give you a heads up. The Femme Podcast is on season number two. You're about to listen to an episode from season one, which was the Spiritual Smackdown podcast where we invited women to rise from rock bottom. So season one is all about the Spiritual Smackdown. Season two is all about rising from greatness to greatness. More on top of more on top of more. It's where we tap into everything your woman desires. The money, the sex, the wealth, the power, the pussy desires. Start here and then come join us for season two. We're waiting. It's like a little tap on the butt or a huge womp on the booty. A spiritual smackdown is the universe's way of saying, hey, you, it's time for a change. It's time to listen to your intuition. You know, that little voice you've been ignoring? It's time for something bigger, something miraculous. But before you get to experience those highs, you gotta shift through the lows. Oh, those lows. And those often start at rock bottom. Hey, I'm Rob. And I'm Jack. We're best friends and business partners. We life together, work together, play together, and somehow we ended up here. With a community of thousands of badass, beautiful women who want more from life than staying surface level. Welcome to the Spiritual Smackdown Podcast. This is for the wild woman ready to rise. The woman ready to up-level her game in soul-driven business and elevate to the next level of her being. This podcast is going to connect you with women who are out in the world having a massive impact. This podcast is going to call on your truth. This podcast is going to initiate massive breakthroughs in your life and business to bust through the limits that are keeping you stuck exactly where you are right now. We're going deeper than surface level. We're going to the depths of healing to trigger your revolution. We're tapping into the struggles of growing and operating six-figure businesses, being totally broke and then rising to riches. We're diving into the spiritual growth, getting clear on what you want, learning how to ask for it, owning your worth, gaining confidence, and becoming a total queen of pleasure to raise your vibe and magnetize your reality. We're teaching you how to get strategically aligned in your business and challenging you to strip your business of all the weighted shoulds. And then we're going to watch your bank account start growing with more ease than ever before. So welcome to this space, a space for you to finally understand and celebrate that where you are right now is the perfect place to rise. So go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes, fill your cup with coffee or wine, and come get real with us as we spit our truth and get ready to rise. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to the Spiritual Smackdown podcast for the wild women ready to rise. Today, we have Erin Trelore from Raw Beauty Talks with us. And Erin, I was just looking at your Insta bio earlier and just love that you say it all starts with self-love. And since the moment that I met you, I've just really loved following you and everything that you stand for. And we're so excited to have you here with us today. And I'd love you just to start by telling us a bit more about you, how you started Raw Beauty Talks and where this all like really stemmed from. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here, girls. I love the work that you're doing. It's so aligned with what I'm all about. Where did the Raw Beauty Co journey start? Oh my gosh. When I was about 16, 
I struggled with an eating disorder that was largely, I would say, perpetuated by media and this image of perfection. I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I truly believed at some subconscious level that in order to be valued in my life, in order to be successful, in order to find love, in order to have friends, that I needed to look a certain way. And this is a message that is given to women time and time again over the course of our whole life. So I know I'm not alone in feeling those things. For me, that ended up resulting in a really serious eating disorder that took away a lot of my joy, a lot of beautiful moments that I could have had. I ended up hospitalized for about three full months in an inpatient program at BC Women and Children's Hospital, which was a really scary, pain-filled time. However, it was also sort of this launch board or place where I was able to build a foundation to start working on myself and to start understanding who is Erin and what value does she bring to the world beyond her body. I started to learn my first tools in regards to how to help myself thrive in life versus just sort of float through it surviving. And I got this insatiable hunger for self-development and learning and understanding myself and getting clear on you know, what it is that drives me and what it is that I want in my life and my power to create that for myself. And so I've been on this journey. I'm now 34 years old and it is still a process every day, but oh my gosh, life looks so different. I started Raw Beauty Co in 2014. And it started as an interview series where we featured over 200 women and we photographed all of them without makeup, photo editing, or filters and had really real raw conversations with them about what it means to be a woman today and beauty and health and confidence. And this was really before this whole conversation had exploded. So it gained a lot of traction at the time because not a lot of people were doing it. And so that created this beautiful community that I get to work with today. I'm a health coach, so I get to help women get really crystal clear on what is their vision for their best self, what is it that they want to create in their life. And then we start to build healthy habits to support them in getting there. We look at how they're self-sabotaging, the fears that are getting in the way of them getting there. And I kind of walk beside them as they start taking actions in small or massive ways to align with that person that they really want to be. I feel like I have the dream job. I have a podcast called Raw Beauty Talks, which everyone should come on over and check out. And yeah, I get to work with clients one-on-one -on -one and in group settings and on the side. I shouldn't really say on the side. <laughs> I'm a mom. I'm a mom and a wifey. I have two kids who are two and a half and four and a half. So there, that's my last how, however many years, 18 years. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for inviting us in and for sharing that piece of yourself with us. Okay. Let's just go a little bit deeper. I want to know what has actually transpired for you being all of the things that you are now, because I hear, you know, your journey from where you've been and all the lessons that you've learned. And I'm like, okay, every single woman in the world can relate to that in some capacity, feeling like, 
oh, overwhelmed and not knowing who she is and trying to figure out what she wants to create next and where she wants to go and who she is in her body and how to love herself and how to move through motherhood and building a business and becoming a wife. Like all, none of these things are little, you know, and it sometimes it's like, okay, there's just like a four and a half snippet of who I am. But I'm like, oh my God, woman, how do you be all of these things and still find time to nourish yourself? How do you nourish everyone else, your kids, your relationships, your growing business, your community, and still make time for you? It is a practice. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. It is a practice filled with so much imperfection. And I cannot say it enough. Women have so many expectations for themselves and, you know, so many things that they are taking care of now today more than ever before as we navigate careers and juggling that with motherhood and then like looking after parents when they get to be that age, giving back to our communities, giving of ourselves on social media, the list is never ending. And so I think that the reality of the situation is that self-care for me and self-preservation has ebbed and flowed over the course of my life. I can pinpoint very specific times in my life when I wasn't taking that time for myself anymore, when I wasn't creating that space, because it was when there was monumental crashes or burnouts. I am somebody who goes hard. I have big goals for myself, a lot of ambition and drive, and it's very easy for me to stop listening to my body and to just push past it. So I've had to, if we're just talking about current day, I've had to really implement a lot of ritual in my life and small ways of supporting myself so that I'm not having to like go for an hour massage every second day and mm -hmm. spend two hours at the gym. Because a lot of us know that that's hard to integrate into our lives. It's not that it's impossible, but it can be challenging. So I think a lot of health coaches that you would talk to are very good at doing all the things and spending an hour eating every single meal and meditating for 30 minutes every day. And I just want to tell you that I am a health and wellness coach. I work primarily with driven women. And there are so many ways to take care of yourself that don't require you to spend 40 hours a week doing it. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. And I'm like listening to you. I'm like, uh, spend an hour eating a meal. I'm like, you know, that, like two each bite 133 times to get the most nutritional value out of your yes. oatmeal. And you're like, what yes. the, you know, like, can you just give me some practical things that I can actually use in my life that aren't, and this is the thing, because when I think of that, I'm like, so great, you're giving me another thing that's going to make me feel like a failure. Right. It's another thing to add to the list. Whereas there are lots of things that we can do. Listen, like you do have to make some room in your life to take care of yourself. You have to make some space to fill your own cup. It is going to require you to move some things in the calendar or to sit down and eat a little bit slower to like make the smoothie rather than grab, you know, the sugar filled granola bar on the way out. It does require some time and energy, but it doesn't have to be five hours a day. 
Like it can't be for most people. Who has the money or the time to afford that kind of privilege and luxury? A very small audience. So I think that oh, in regards to my own journey, like you said, I was just able to really give a small snippet in that four and a half minutes. It wasn't a straight line to success and knowing myself and just like loving myself all of a sudden it took patience and time and work and a lot of like years of this and the shifts happen very slowly i started when i had my eating disorder i was doing a lot of therapy and working with a dietitian and i mean you work with so many different professionals and when I got out of the hospital, you continue in an outpatient program, checking in. But I really got to a point where I was like, I don't feel like therapy is serving me anymore. I've spent so much time looking in the past. I didn't have this like traumatizing childhood. It just, the messages got mixed up and I'm a perfectionist and I took it too far. And when you have an eating disorder, at some point, you no longer have a choice over the thoughts and the beliefs that you are carrying. So you can start off by thinking about, you know, I'm going to eat cleaner and I'm going to cut this out and that out and I'm going to exercise more. At some point, it is like your brain isn't healthy enough to process what's right or wrong for it anymore. And it just takes over. So I, that's sort of what happened to me in regards to falling into an eating disorder. We went and did a deep dive into therapy, which I am a huge advocate for, for anybody, even if you don't have a serious you know, life-threatening disorder right now. Anybody can learn from therapy. But I reached a point where that didn't feel effective anymore. And if you've ever worked with a coach or a therapist, sometimes you outgrow that relationship. It's just time for some new advice or a new perspective, and that's totally okay. So I ended up meeting a life coach. I had no idea what this was at the time and started talking to her. And she was like, you know, I'm all about really more forward thinking and what it is that you want to create in your life and then supporting you and getting from point A to point B faster. And I was like, okay, well, I do have ideas about what I want to create in my life. I know that I'm meant for more than this cycle of thoughts that I'm in and this job that I'm in right now and this like basement apartment that I'm living in. And so I started working with her and doing a lot of work to learn again how to listen to my body and the signals that it was telling me to start to tap into what is my vision for myself? What do I want to create with this one short life that I have? I did things like creating a vision board, which I still have carried from like house to house to the five different homes that we've lived in since I created it. And I made it in this basement apartment that I was living in that was a studio. It was like 500 square feet. It was so, so tiny. And I was just pinching myself this past weekend when I stepped into this new apartment that we're renting in Vancouver and we have our home in Whistler and I've got two kids and a husband and I made this vision board and it is like 90% of the things on that board as wild and crazy and weird as it seems are in my life now in 10 years. It's nine years. There's one main piece in there that I'm still working on, but like the love that I wanted in my life, the writing, the travel, the spaces that I wanted to be living in, all of that has manifested. I mean, I know like manifestation is a thing. I don't really know that much about it, but I just know that it's like working. It's working over here. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, one thing that I just love that keeps like, that keeps highlighting for me throughout this conversation and through everything you're sharing is really about it all being this journey about it, not being like, okay, this one thing came in and like on to the next that you're like, it's a process. It's a process of growing. And you've carried around this vision board for what, like nine, nine years. And you're like, there's still, you know, there's still one thing coming, but everything else is, you know, is there. I think what happens oftentimes is we're like, oh, I created the vision board and it's the end of the year or whatever happens. Like most of the things are, have came true on this. I've manifested most things. So I'm just going to be like, I'm done with that and on to the next. But you're like, nope, it's still part of that process. You know, it's not given up on that dream. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that is so spot on. It's wild. I, there's a quote saying we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in 10 years. And that is so true, especially for me. So often at the end of the year, I'm like, damn, like I didn't hit that goal or this goal. But when I reflect back now on the last 10 years, I'm like, wow, I have been busy. And the hustle that I've had is paying off. It's working, but I just needed a longer term vision to hold on to. And I think that's something that so many of us forget is to remain patient in the process to have that longer term vision and to recognize that I did not also take my glue stick and make this vision board and then just sit around doing meditations, hoping to manifest it. I have been <laughs> working my butt off. And I think one of the things as well that is really important to note is that in order to create this life that I have right now, I had to walk through a lot of fear in various moments to get here. It required me moving through a lot of discomfort, whether that was putting myself out there to be in a relationship, whether that was the fears surrounding becoming a mom for me. I didn't know if I was ready, whether that was deciding to move our family to Whistler so that we would be more aligned with what we valued. All of these were really scary decisions, launching Raw Beauty Co., launching our podcast, starting to coach and do more video content online was hugely triggering for me. There were so many moments when I could have just stayed still, when I could have stalled because I was afraid to move forward through that, that little short moment in order to get the pleasure on the other side. I could have stopped so many times, but I think we have to remember that in order to create what it is that we want in life, we're going to have to step through a lot of uncomfortable little moments and that that is part of the journey. I still am doing it every single day. Just step through the fear one more time. About 30 minutes ago, I had to interview this amazing woman for a brand that I absolutely love. I can't say who it is. We had 10 minutes in the calendar to get it done. I had to like memorize the script and know all the questions and I couldn't F it up because it was going to be used for their content. I was so nervous. I was like full armpit sweating <laughs> through my sweater, but I was also like, this is what I need to do in order to become that future version of myself that I, I want to be. These are the interviews I have to show up for. The fear doesn't just disappear. It doesn't just go away. We just get better at trusting ourselves and our ability to step through it. We just get braver. We get more courageous the more that we do it. And sometimes, oh my God, sometimes we fall flat on our face and then we got to get up again and do it again. So yeah, it's a journey. <laughs> 
Well, and that's something that we talk a lot about is stepping into that fear and knowing that when you step into your fears, like that unlocks that next level, it unlocks the realm of potentiality, unlocks that next desire that you're moving towards when we don't allow the fear to like stop us in our tracks. But I think so often, and this is when you and I first connected, what I was like really drawn to for you, you're like, I'm going to show people behind like the highlight reel of what's like out there on Instagram. And it's like, okay, you can be this like confident woman who's showing up and like doing lives and being a leader and coaching women, but you still have fears come up. There's still things that you're like constantly moving through. It's not like, oh yeah, guys, I've done all the spiritual work. I've like worked through all my fears and like now I here I am sitting on top of the mountain. Nothing can touch me. It's like, <laughs> no, we all go through this all the time. Yes. I think a lot of people are waiting to start acting on their goals until they feel more confident, until they feel like they're ready. And I just want to say, you're never going to feel ready. You're never going to feel confident enough. Confidence is something that's earned by taking those actions, by being courageous, by being brave, even when you're not sure about what the outcome will be. The more you do that, the more confident you get, but there's still always going to be the next thing that you're a little bit nervous about if you're growing and really moving forward. So, and the limiting beliefs, I am somebody who has to work every single day at managing my limiting beliefs. I call those thoughts that come into my mind, those limiting beliefs, my fearful friend, because I've identified that they're fear-based thoughts that really just pop up when I'm nervous about being rejected, when I'm nervous that somebody might judge me, when I'm afraid that I might fail, that's when those limiting beliefs come up the most for me. So I call it my fearful friend. She has a name. Her name's Becky, like Becky from with the good hair, the whole Beyonce thing. There's, <laughs> It's nothing personal. And literally when I start having these self-limiting beliefs, I speak to Becky from my more confident self. So like, say I am, let's use this example of doing this video interview that I had to do. And Becky pops up and is like, you should definitely cancel like this. You're not ready for this. You have a big zit on your face right now. There's somebody who could do this better. It's not going to work. This is going to be embarrassing. You want to do the collaboration with X person, like, like all the thoughts that come into your mind. Gosh, this like sweater is making you look like a puffball. And I literally say, Becky, shut the fuck up. Don't ruin this opportunity for me. You are ready to do this. You're going to kill it. Just be yourself. Have some fun. I have to like be my own hype squad. I have to actually sit there and talk to Becky to let her know that she needs to move into the back seat of the car. Because at times, Becky tries to get into the driver's seat and starts trying to drive around the car of my life. And if Becky is driving the car of my life, we have a problem because she is not going to drive that car to where I want to be. So I've got to remove her from the driver's seat and put her in the back seat where she belongs. She's not going to, I can't throw her out of the car. Like she's always going to be there. She's designed to help keep me safe, right? She's designed to help keep me from jumping off cliffs or doing ridiculous things. But for whatever reason, for me, she got really loud at some point. And I know that a lot of women are struggling with this because I coach them on it. And it's something that really holds us back. So one of the first things that everyone needs to do is start to recognize when their fearful friend is popping up. And I 
would suggest give her a name, actually personify her. Imagine what she looks like and what her life looks like and how, how her life feels, who she's attracting into her life, what kind of job she would work at when, you know, Becky's at the end of her life, what does that look like? And if it's not aligned with what you're trying to create for yourself, you've got to move her to the back seat. So, okay, I have a question for you girls. If you had to name your fearful friend, what would you name her? Oh, <laughs> I would name my, <laughs> I would name my friend Veronica because mm. I love like Veronica, like I love three syllables and this is really funny, but when my phone, my phone auto corrects my name, which is Robin, obviously all of the time. And it corrects my name to spell Ronnie. And so that's actually really funny because it's like my alter ego fear driven nickname, you know, like Veronica, Ronnie, yes. your cute ass out of the driver's seat and let me take over. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jack? Oh man. I mean, we got like Ronnie, we got Becky with the long hair. I'm like, damn, like <laughs> girls, I'm going to answer your question with a question here, Erin, but do I want uh, like my Becky, my Ronnie, like my naming them, like they're my friend or what's the vibe here? I guess it's kind of like, I mean, it's going to be so personal. So if there's a name that just pops up into mind, I would just go with that. The reason I say fearful friend is that it's not like this person is evil. She's just scared. Even when she's like comparing herself or jealous, all of those are just fear-based thoughts. So it's not like we have to be like horrible to this version of ourselves. It's just imagine her being like a small girl who's terrified of being left out from other people. So, I mean, really whatever comes to mind. Well, really the reason why I was asking that question though, is I think that there's oftentimes and just like our fears. So I was going to share a name with you, but that's like literally the name of the person I want to like throw to the car. And it's not like a right. real person, but it's like just the name of, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yes. I think this is what happens with our fears sometimes is we're like, oh, we want to throw them out of the car versus putting them in the back seat. Mm. So I was using this as just this like explanation of like, okay, like, like it's a fearful friend. It's still somebody that like you care about. It's still somebody that you're going to like acknowledge like, hey, you're here, you're with us. You can come in the back seat, but you're not in that driver's circle. Exactly. You don't get to choose the volume of the car. You don't get to decide when we're turning left or right. You're not eating your McDonald's really loudly in the front seats. Like you can hang out in the back, but I'm in charge of my life. I'm making the decisions. I'll listen to you. And then I need to determine for myself whether or not I'm going to choose to follow your advice or not. Whether or not your fear in this moment is justified, whether or not it's a pattern that I want to continue to feed and nurture, or whether it's time to make a different turn. If we try and just shove it out of our mind completely, that's just not practical. We're human beings. Our mind needs to have a piece within it that is going to question things, that is going to observe things, that is going to make sure that we stay safe. We can't remove it completely, but we can soften it by pushing it a few seats back. Mm -hmm. All right, ladies. Well, I'm inviting Jenny along for the ride then. My fearful yes! friend, Jenny, she gets to sit in the back seat, <laughs> but she is like coming with us. Perfect. Becky, Perfect. Veronica, I love it. and Jenny can just be BFFs. 
Yes. Anyone who's listening right now, you have to message us or in the comments, just tell us what your fearful friend's name is. Just put it out there, like write it down in your journal at some point or put a note on your fridge, wherever you need that reminder that she is not the one who is in control of your life. Yes. That feels powerful. And mostly for our listeners, and we do talk about this, is that awareness, that that fear, that yeah, just the being afraid, the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment, the fear of failure, of pain, all of that is something that lives inside of you. It's not you. It's not who you are, right? So being able to bring this visual and this exercise where you actually get to name it, you get to name that emotion, you get to name that fear, you get to name that person that's driving and just really say like, all right, you know, like who's actually in control here? Hmm. Yeah. And listen, every single person has that fearful voice. Some people listen to it more than others. Some people actually identify with it and feel that they are that person. And there are so many, you know, exercises and tools and practices out there to help you soften that voice. So if you feel like this is something that is really impacting your ability to live your life well, just know that our brains are plastic. We can change our thought processes. We can learn new ways of doing it. It takes time. It is a journey. It is a practice. I'm going to keep repeating that over Mm -hmm. and over again so that you know it doesn't have to look perfect. It shouldn't look perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. (laughs) And this notion of it being a practice, I'm curious because I literally consider my whole life a practice, motherhood particularly. Yes. Okay. And and say you're like, we're using the analogy of yoga and your yoga is a practice, right? You get to practice handstands and practice going deeper and and increasing your flexibility and range of motion. And when you do fall out of a pose or when you do forget and let Becky drive the car, how do you correct? Like, what do you do to remind yourself, okay, this is a practice and I get to choose to be back on track. What What does that process look like for you? Well, the first thing is really recognizing that they're back in the driver's seat. And usually we don't recognize until something starts to feel sticky or like it's not working in our life. So say we make a decision and it's more based on ego or fear and we end up taking that project on because we're worried that if we don't, then X, Y, or Z might happen. And we start working on the project and realize this actually doesn't feel right at all. And now I'm so stressed and I've taken on more than I can chew and I'm not getting paid and da 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 So it's in those moments that we start to notice, shoot, like, Becky's back in the driver's seat. And now when she gets in the driver's seat, she gets louder because she's in control, right? So now it's like you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling stressed and you're feeling scared and all these things start to pile up more and more. So the first thing to do is to notice when she's in the driver's seat. And oftentimes we don't know until things start to feel like they're sticky or they're not not working. And then at that point, there's a few things. So, I mean, simply doing that exercise of imagining putting her in the back seat and figuring out what it is that would truly make you feel better, what, what it would be like to make a decision that would have you feel less overwhelmed, less stressed, more in control. And then the other thing is to have a support network around you of individuals who are able to 
see your greatness, to see your strengths, to hold the vision for you when you've forgotten it for yourself. And this is pivotal for me. It honestly is because sometimes I can get into that fear-based thinking this isn't working. I'm never going to be able to figure this out. I'm going to have to like quit this route and go the other route. And I really don't want to do that. In those moments, my support network are this, you know, incredible group of individuals who say to me like, no, you've got this. And they're not lying. They're not lying to me and not like, you know, telling me that I should be doing something that I shouldn't be doing. But they're people that I can really trust to tell me, you know, if I'm making a wrong turn or if I'm, you know, going in the right direction. And sometimes we need that support network in order to help guide us along. So for me, that's my husband, my mom, my dad, both of my sisters. I have a group of girlfriends, all of whom have strengths in different areas. So sometimes I'll call on different ones, depending where things are feeling sticky, whether that's work or relationships or motherhood. I think building those communities is so important. And I know that now more than ever, that feels very hard for a lot of people to do when we're so connected with social media, but not really necessarily connecting in that deeper way. So building your community might take time and energy, but it's definitely a place to invest some time because it pays back tenfold. And I think that idea too, and why you said like, it's, it's hard for a lot of, you know, women these days and that you do feel maybe like this place where you're feeling alone. It's because this idea again, often portrayed on social media is like, you're supposed to be the best at everything. You're supposed to be able to do all of the things and be the best mom and be the best wife and be the best business owner and like do it all. And if you need support, if you need to ask for help, like you're failing in some way when the reality is like, we all get to have support. We all get to have other people lifting us up. We all get to rise together. We have to. We cannot do this work alone. We cannot do this work alone. And I do feel like even though there's social media and all of these things, those are just, if you're not able to connect with people and you're finding that you're making excuses like, well, it's just hard these days or social media, da, 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 da. You've got to push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit to reach out to people in real life or to reach out and actually build authentic relationships using social media, which can be a, an incredible tool for that. So we've kind of got to get out of our, our own way and out of our own space in order to start building those relationships. And let me tell you, that is scary. That feels hard to do. When we talk about the human desire to connect with other people, when we think about the fact, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, above safety, shelter, food, like those basic necessities of life, one of our greatest needs is to connect and have a feeling of belonging with others. So sometimes what happens is that we will self-sabotage and prevent ourselves from even trying to reach out to others if we fear that we might be rejected. If there's a possibility that it won't work, 
we will stay in the comfort zone instead of reaching out, instead of trying to date, instead of connecting with a group of girlfriends because we're so scared that it might not work out. So that's a perfect example of a place where, you know, if you're feeling like you don't have that community or that you need more support, that you can practice walking through the fear, reaching out to people, you know, going to groups, whether it's an exercise class or a mom group, whether it's, you know, signing up for a group coaching course, joining Facebook groups, and actually starting to connect in meaningful ways to others. Well, and I love that because I see my husband scrolling on social media all the time. And I'm like, what the, like, what are you even doing? You don't even, (laughs) you don't comment, you don't post, like, you are literally just wasting moments. You know, I don't understand that because I'm so entrenched. Yeah. Yeah, that's the word, right? Mm-hmm. In my yeah. social community that that I have real friends there, like real life human beings. And so I don't even understand that, but I recognize that that is how so many people still continue to use that platform, even though it doesn't feel good, even though they're not getting anything from it, but comparison and a space for disapproval and feeling even more isolated, you know? So I love that perspective shift that, you know, if you're going to be a part of something, if you're going to put yourself in a world where other human beings exist and are thriving and are putting themselves out there and being vulnerable and sharing their truths, then follow suit right? Do the same, get brave, initiate friendships and camaraderie. And this is exactly what the world needs more of right now is that the sense of humanness, right? Like we are all in this, Mm -hmm. the more we reach out, the more we connect, the more we help each other and, and show what this life looks like from a real perspective, the less likelihood there is that we all just float through life feeling like we're doing this all alone. Oh, preach. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. Nobody is alone. And in all the conversations that I've had, I've only come to realize that we are more similar than we are different, that everyone has insecurities, that everyone has the fearful friend voice. I don't care if you have a million dollars. I don't care if you have a billion dollars. I don't care if you are living in a shack on the beach in Bali. We all have these parts of us that show up. It is part of the human experience. It is not wrong, although we don't see it enough. So we feel as though we're wrong in experiencing sadness, anxiety, depression, postpartum, cancer, whatever it is that we're faced with. All of these things make us human. They make our life interesting. As painful as they are to go through them, they provide the peaks and valleys of our life that we will one day look back on and realize it was those valleys in which we built the strength to climb the mountain and to continue on in life. And so I think what's so important for any woman who's listening to remember is that you are not alone in the thoughts that you have and the fears that you have and not being sure if you're ready or if you're good enough. The trick is to keep going. And the the other thing that's just so important is to Take time to really get to know yourself. I talk a lot about self-love, self-love, self-love. And it's this arbitrary thing that people I feel believe is just like a feeling. Like I just want to feel self-love towards myself. I want to feel good about myself. 
similar to confidence, self-love is something that we work towards and we work towards it by understanding ourselves. What lights me up? What makes me feel pain? When do I feel energized and uplifted? What forms of movement does my body like? What forms of food does my body feel best when I put into it? How much sleep do I need in a night? What's the quality of my thoughts right now? Are they empowering or are they limiting? And as we start to explore all these avenues of ourselves, it can become our competitive advantage. Self-love is the competitive advantage because you start to know yourself better than anybody else, then you can get yourself wherever it is that you need to be. You'll start eating in a way that fuels you. You start moving in a way that energizes you or that grounds you down, depending on what it is that you need in each season of your life. You'll start to recognize what thoughts are moving you forward and you'll be able to work on softening the ones that are limiting you. You'll start to tap into what your purpose is, what you're passionate about, and you'll start showing up in a way that allows you to really light up the world around you. And in doing so, so many of us are afraid of, you know, showing up and stepping into our strength and really letting our light shine. We're worried about how people will feel about that and, you know, if they'll judge us for that. But all that happens is that you start lighting up those around you. And all of a sudden, as cheesy as it sounds, the world is a brighter place. It all starts with self-love. Oh, I feel like that was just, yeah, like that is just like so beautiful to think it really all starts within ourselves. It all starts with self-love. It all starts with like following that inner compass, you know, that we each have to guide us to take that next step and to just continually be moving, to continually be in that motion and be willing to dive in, to look at yourself in the mirror, to, to hold hands with your fear, to really just like embrace all of who you are. Mm-hmm. I love that saying hold, to hold hands with your fear. And I think you ladies are doing this so well. I know that you're in it, in it, in motherhood, in it, in business, walking through your fears, investing in yourselves and your growth in, you know, number of different ways. And so I think it's just so cool and so important to see other women doing it and to understand how it is that they practice this in their own life. And so thank you for creating this platform and a space for us to have this conversation and to see sort of like peek through into the lives of so many different types of women doing different things. Thank you, Erin, for your message and for your story and for showing us what's possible when you make space to care for yourself and to really nourish your message, your body, and just to walk through this world with your BFFs in the car with you and holding hands <laughs> and being brave continuously over and over and over again. I can't wait to hear about that last thing that's on your vision board when it finally comes to fruition, whatever it is. And yeah, we just literally spend our days celebrating women like you. So thank you for being a part of our community. And we can't wait to see what you've got going on next. Amazing. Hey, anybody who's listening right now who is dying to know what that last thing is, head on over to at Robbie Detox on Instagram and send me a DM. I still respond back to all of my DM messages. Ask me what it is. I will tell you. I'm not going to tell you here. You have to come over there to get it, but I will let you know. I don't talk about it with very many people. So maybe it's time that I start putting it out there so that we can really bring it to life.
Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I will be the first person in your DMs heading there now. Erin, thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you, girls. Thank you so much for joining us today. There really is nothing better than bringing a group of grown-ass women together. So go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and come get real with us every week as we spit our truths and get ready to rise. And if you know other women down to get real, please do us a favor and share this episode on the socials. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at ForTheWildFemme so we can give you a shout out. Instagram is definitely our favorite place to hang. So come join the combo there. And we'll see you back here each and every Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. Get ready to rise. Love you, ladies. If you resonated with the messages in this podcast, we would love if you left us a review on iTunes or if you shared this with your community, you can tag the Femme Podcast on Instagram. If you're wanting to take this work just a little bit deeper, hop inside the weekly. Every week we meet, we've got guest coaches covering a wide array of topics on personal growth, development, to really help you sink into living your best life, to curating the lifestyle that really sets your soul on fire and choose what you pay. So you can pay whatever you like, $11, 33 or $77 for the entire month. You also get access to all of the recordings. Go take advantage every single month. We also donate part of the proceeds to a change-making organization. So while you are giving back to yourself and really connecting yourself with an incredible community, you're also giving back to the world. So we love you so much. We can't wait to see you inside that community to make change, to spark Ah, more collective love together. And as always, we're so appreciative for you and we love you so much. So thanks for listening and we'll see you right back in this same place next week.